College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. And President Trump has broken his silence today. He was walking over to his helicopter, and in true Trump fashion, he blasted impeachment, he blasted big tech, and he warned of how dangerous this could be for America. I want you to listen to this before we go any further. As far as this is concerned, we want no violence, never violence. We want absolutely no violence. And on the impeachment, it's really a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This impeachment is causing tremendous anger. And you're doing it, and it's really a terrible thing that they're doing. For Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to continue on this path, I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country, and it's causing tremendous anger. I want no violence. I think that big tech is doing a horrible thing for our country and to our country. And I believe it's going to be a catastrophic mistake for them. Uh, they're dividing and divisive, and they're showing something that I've been predicting for a long time. I've been predicting it for a long time, and people didn't act on it. But I think big tech has made a terrible mistake and very, very bad for our country. And that's leading others to do the same thing. And it causes a lot of problems and a lot of danger. Uh, big mistake. They shouldn't be doing it. But uh, there's always a counter move when they do that. I've never seen such anger as I see right now. And that's a terrible thing. Terrible thing. And you have to always avoid violence. And we have, we have tremendous support. We have support probably like nobody's ever seen before. Always have to avoid violence. Now, if that weren't bad enough that the president had to call it out, world leaders have actually joined in on this. You've got France and Germany and others who've said, uh, the uh, what's his name? Obrador, the notorious Obrador. I forget what name he goes by. But these guys have all stepped up and said, what you're doing in America with tech tyranny, no bueno. Now, the enemy of liberty is conjuring up a manufactured crisis something Levin would call a pseudo-event. The first one was to attack our speech, purging the sitting president from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then sending Parler into a cyber blackout through monopolistic maneuvers. Yep, it's true. We don't have free speech rights on a private company's platform, even if it's publicly traded. But we have to look at the modus operandi here. 
Stalin and other fascistic left-wing dictators used the power of government to quash speech, to control the narrative, and to disarm the population. But the enemies of liberty, they have those same goals, but they have to execute them more creatively because they can't use or they don't use or don't want to appear to be using the power of government. So they have to create the illusion of victimization, of victimhood. Because, well, the basis of their argument is emotion. You have to feel like there's massive inequity. They don't base things on fact or logic or reason. This is why you have people like the Wicked Witch of the East, Nancy La Bruja Pelosi, and why she gets so mad at those that try to come at her power. And we're going to hear a little bit more about her in a little bit. But what binds them all together in a very powerful Machiavellian way is how much they hate liberty. They may hate each other, but what brings them all together to make them friendly with one another is the fact that you and me enjoy our God-given rights. So when the president says, big tech, oh, it's very bad, very bad, people are very angry. He's right. People are very angry. We thought we lived in America. This is like a bait and switch. They're like, hey, you get America, you get liberty, psych, you don't really. Up top, up, down low, too slow. We're getting pseudo-liberty. You think you get liberty, but we're going to use tyranny not inside of government, but inside of big tech to shut people up, to take servers away, for banks to turn on people, for everyone to turn on Trump and anybody that Trump is involved with. This isn't the right way to do it. And Nancy Pelosi's calls for people to not use their whiteness to destroy democracy doesn't help either. So keep it locked right there. We're just getting started. I'm Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, bienvenido America, welcome back. We are here. And something that always gets me going is something the president said. He's fixing to keep it moving, to primary everybody in the next upcoming election. But what I want to talk about right now is why so much hate? Why so much hate? You know, yesterday, like every responsible talk radio show host, I uh, I put on social media, hey, you could catch me on the air at this time, at that time. Here's the number. Give us a call. And I get hate just for doing that, you know, for promoting the show and telling people to call. And if, even if they have a dissenting opinion. But yesterday I'm scrolling through the comments and I see a guy I know from high school. This guy was actually a client of mine when I was in the barber business. And uh, somebody says, oh, how could you defend Trump? How could you do this and that? And the guy writes, oh, don't waste your time with Rich. He's sold out for the white supremacists. And I think, wow, sold out for white supremacists. That one uh, boggles the mind considering, you know. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm not a white supremacist. How does that happen? But it really begs the question, why is everything that's a political disagreement in politics today, in the national discourse, even the, the public discourse locally, why is everything, I disagree with you because you're a racist. I disagree with you because you're a xenophobe. I disagree with you because you're this, that, whatever, some sort of bigotry. Why can't it ever be, I disagree with you because I think what you're saying is wrong based on this point, that point, the other point, and based on the principles of X, Y, and Z? It's never a cogent argument. It's never a logical argument. It's always based on hate. It always comes from a position of anger, a position of, I feel uh, a sense of inequity. And because I feel the sense of inequity, well, I'm going to say that you're bad. And the minute I say you're bad, I try to minimize your humanity. I try to minimize any effectiveness or any uh, 
type of rational acknowledgement of your arguments or anything like that, everything gets dismissed. And it's dismissed. Why? Because I said so. I said that you were bad. And the minute I demoralize you and put your morality into question, then your speech is no longer welcome here. Your speech is no longer valid in the debate. And I think that's a cheap, cheesy cop-out to having any type of intellectual discussion. truly is. But that's what we have. That's what we have. And that's why I come in today. I'm looking at the news and I see, boom, right here, Twitter stocks are down. Why? Why? Because they decided to ban El Trompito. Now, why? Why would you ban the sitting president of the United States? Well, because, you know, he uh, he led an insurrection, you see. Nah, come on, man. Come on, man. If you really do think that, please allow me to insult you and insult your intelligence and tell you that you're stupid or maybe better in Spanish. You're a pendejo. If you really believe that Trump launched this type of offensive on people by saying, let's march to the Capitol patriotically and peacefully. If that's a call to arms, don't come to New York because you're going to get robbed. You're going to think everybody's out to get you. But Twitter shares a drop in their first day of trading after the Trump ban. And makes sense to me. You got one of your biggest guys on Twitter, 85 million followers. You know, a lot of people were on Twitter just for Trump. And you start seeing lots of, uh, I've lost 3,000 followers in the last 72 hours. So you look at that and you think, wow, is it because they stopped liking me in the last 72 hours? No, but it's because Trump, they were there for Trump. Trump's not there. So now they're not there. That's it. Bottom line. So my thinking is, We should never really shy away from the debate. We shouldn't shy away from discussing the issues of the day because this is what got us into this mess. The idea that people say things like, well, you shouldn't talk about religion or politics. That's exactly what somebody who wants to enslave you or fool you by using religion and politics would say. You know, if you're a radical jihadist that straps a bomb to your chest, they're going to tell you, listen, don't get into debates about politics, (laughs) about religion, because they want you to go and strap a bomb to your chest and blow stuff up to kingdom come. So don't believe the hype is what I would say. Don't believe the hype. You got to get into these things. You got to look at the facts for what they're worth and realize, look, I'm going to make my point. You're going to make your point, your counterpoint, and we're going to go at it because that's all we have. Now, we look at the situation we have today. You've got social media companies, Amazon pulling out on Parler. This is a good one, right? And I mean, there's nothing good about it, but it's an interesting story to highlight things. If you're an apolitical person, you know, like so many of the people I talk to, if you ask just an average person, not a Democrat, not a Republican, just your run-of-the-mill average Joe that I come, you come into New York City, everybody's smoking weed, every other block, there's somebody getting high. If I were to ask all those people, now I'm pretty sure a good percentage of them are politically active because this is a very left-leaning city, but there's still a lot of people that say, you know what, I don't care for politics. They're all crooks. You got crook A or crook B, the Democrat or the Republican. So my question is, do you think the average person looks at the fact that Amazon pulled their web hosting service from Parler, and there's no Parler right now until they get back on their own servers. If you look at that that whole thing, do you think the average person says that's reasonable, that we should be silencing speech, that we should be preventing people that disagree with us from having a platform where they can say what they want, that Twitter should be kicking people off because they don't agree with what they say? That people, professional organizations should go after people because they disagree with their political position or their interpretation of something? I don't. But I want to hear from you. So let me know what your thoughts are. You can get me on Rich Valdez 
with an S that's on Parler when it's up and running. Of course, I'm still on Twitter. I'm still on Facebook and Instagram, and a lot of people uh, are jumping off, but there's still billions of people that are still on. So I hope you can check it out. And of course, good time to plug the podcast. This is America with Rich Valdez. We had one of our best chart performances ever in the top 100 in the news politics chart at number 51 last week, which was great. And it was cool because George Stephanopoulos was actually behind me. I was charted in front of him, which that's never happened to me before. So kudos to each and every one of you that listens to This is America with Rich Valdez on whatever platform you listen to it on, whether it's on Stitcher or TuneIn or whichever platform you use. And I think we might be adding SoundCloud to that platform. So I'm not going to break my arm patting myself on the back, but I want to thank you guys for listening and for subscribing and for all the follows, because like I said, I've lost thousands of people on Twitter, but gained three times that amount on Parler. So it tells me when you don't ban people, when you don't shadow ban people, when you don't stifle their speech, when you don't throttle their performance on a social media app, you can actually do really, really well. We're just getting started. So keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. Joe Biden, two and a half weeks ago, canceled his inaugural breakfast in D.C., and I believe it's a super small inauguration that they're going to be having with just a few people, lots of bulletproof glass, lots of security. Um, you can rest assured it'll be the safest place to be in America when you have. And I think that he's going to be in good shape, so I wouldn't worry about that. To me, the the Electoral College has been the system that the founders created, obviously. And we've elected every single president of the United States by the Electoral College. So for us now to come and say, oh, but you know what? Our, all of our history has been wrong. The Electoral College is bad. This is not a good thing. And we should just change it. Why? Well, because we didn't win. <laughs> and if we didn't win, we should change the Electoral College. We should change the way we do things. It's great that we didn't have Internet the way we have it so heavy in our lives right now. My iPhone gives me these screen time things that tells me how much time I spend on screen time. And, you know, I look at it and I go, well, I mean, it's a part of work for me, but I realize it's a lot of time. I spent a lot of time on that screen. So it makes me wonder, where did all this come from? Why is it that we don't have dinner every day as a family sitting around the table? Why don't we all go to church anymore? Is going to church a bad thing? Because apparently it is. Uh, I mean, it, it just, Everything that was once good and holy when I was a kid, you know, you grow up, if you're a guy, you marry a woman, you have a kid, maybe a boy, maybe a girl, you get a dog, you buy a house, white picket fence. That was a thing. Now, white picket fence is racist. You know, you have to say it's a black and brown fence because we live life through the lens of racism. We put on our racist glasses every day and we're like, look, if you're not black and brown, this is wrong. There's not enough black and brown people in the neighborhood. Every third house should be occupied by someone of color. That's crazy. People should be free. Do what you want to do. That is how this country's always operated. That's how our markets have operated. The free market's always operated that way with respect to getting rid of the Electoral College. That one, in my opinion, is a very bad idea. It's a good idea that we let go and we let God. It's a good idea for that we, you know, we love our neighbor, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Love God. Love people. Amen. Great. But this, uh, this hate that you and I think both agree on, where commentary, political discourse, political disagreement, it's not even based on politics, not based on policy, it's not even based on philosophy. It's based purely on hate. You like the orange man, you are bad. 
And that is a bunch of BS. That's Bolshevik. And I don't support the Bolsheviks. I wasn't old enough to actually support them, and they weren't in America. But my point is those Bolshevik tactics are alive and well today. And this is why you have guys like Bill El Bobo de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, and he says things in his press conference like, we should be impeaching the president. Now, mind you, pardon my math, but I think there's, I don't know, nine days left of the Trump administration, yet he wants to impeach the president of the United States. Check this out. Well, when I think of my friends, these good people I've served with for years, that they were in danger and democracy was in danger. It's very clear what the result must be. Donald Trump must go now. Now. Anyone who is that treasonous, anyone who has lost control of his mental abilities to that level as to start an insurrection against the United States should not have his finger on the nuclear button. Wow. This guy... You know, last week he said something about, you know, one of the things I learned in COVID was that uh, the importance of sleep. He's been sleeping too much. This guy's asleep on the job. He's asleep at the wheel. He's beyond un bobo. He's just really a radical. He's a Bolshevik. He really is. Bill El Bolshevik de Blasio is what I'm going to rename him, I think. Bolshevik Bill. Bolshevik Bill thinks that he could say whatever he wants, and he has he can say it with impunity, right? Now, anything that anybody else says, oh, you're inciting this, you're inciting that. When he said that this was a high and holy, solemn, or whatever the words he used, that it was okay to torch New York City. And the uh, old studio we used to be at was 17 floors above Madison Square Garden. I'd look out the window and I could see Macy's Herald Square. You could see all that. Right outside of that, that Macy's was boarded up and then the footlocker next to it, they bashed the windows in. Everybody went shopping in the name of, of course, Black Lives Matter because, you know, racial injustice. I have to steal a pair of Adidas and a pair of Jordans. That's just how it works. That's how we provide justice with the BLM movement. Come on, man. That's in the words of Joe Biden. Come on, man. So I think of what this um, mayor has to say, Mayor de Blasio, and I think, we have to impeach this guy because he has nine days left, and this is the most important pressing matter in America, let alone the fact that we have tons of pressing matters. Oh, what about that big virus everybody's been crying about? Nobody wants to talk about the virus right now because, no, we have an insurrection. We had 90 days at minimum of insurrection this summer, and nobody said a damn thing. Nobody. Nobody said anything. But. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. We have a montage where we heard all summer long saying violence is the answer. Check this out. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists. So that first part, I want to be clear on how I characterize. That's Ali Velshi from MSNBC, bald Indian looking guy. Very, very funny guy. He's literally trying to give a straight stand up report. It's it's generally you're, you're only getting the audio. So I'm giving you the play by play. 
This audio is from a picture of him standing in front of a building that is ablaze. The building's on fire. And he's like, it's generally peaceful, generally peaceful. They're tearing the city up, but he thinks it's fairly peaceful. Listen to the words he's saying as the city's being burnt behind him. Fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statutes. Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So. Remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. (laughs) Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from. We should be the first to call it out. I know I did. When I saw a Trumper that was leading the charge, or at least part of that front line going, breaking into the Capitol, I call him out because that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. When there's an actual revolution, there's an actual revolution. What we have going on right now is a cultural revolution. This is a battle for hearts and minds. Pelosi's comments, oh, I don't care about statues anyway. People are going to do what they're going to do. Who says protests are supposed to be polite? I mean, the stupidest things, the sheer defense of violence. That's all you've heard. Now there's the censorship of free speech. The government is divided, and I think the government's always been divided, and there's times where a divided government can work together, and there's times where a divided government doesn't work together. And we've seen more and more of that in recent years, and it's become politically expedient for some people because, in my opinion, they've sold out. Well, what do you mean? Not just on values, although that's the first place, but literally selling out. You know, if you're in a tight race and you could use an extra few million bucks And a lobbyist comes to you and says, hey, listen, I know that you don't really have a position. It's not one of your issues on your platform on tobacco, big tobacco. But let's just say we could get you another five million for your race, maybe put you over the top, get you in better standings. Maybe you win. And you say, hmm, I like five million. That might get me uh, reelected and uh, I score some points. But in return, you're going to have to lobby for these guys. You know, you're going to have to be uh, on their side, something you may not have been before. All too often, that's the case in Washington people start buying into things. Now, it gets even worse when it's no longer big tobacco, but it's big whatever. And big whatever seems to be, let's say, let's call it big manufacturing, right? Let's say the Nike lobbyist comes and they're like, hey, you know, we're trying to get more sneakers to more people and blah, blah, blah. And it just happens to be that we build our sneakers in China, or as Trump would say, China. Well, yeah, guess what? If you're in China, then now you are lobbying on behalf of China and Chinese manufacturing to sell American products to American people on a tariff. And you have to ask yourself, and that's why I said the first place we compromise is our values. Because if you have values where you go, you know what? I can afford to spend $50 on a pair of shoes, but that's the ones made in China. If I want the ones made in America, they're going to cost me 125 
a lot more than I wanted to pay. What do I do? If you're a values-driven person, you say, you know what, I'm going to skip this. If you're me, skip a few meals. I know it's rare, but I'll do it to buy a pair of a Made in America boots versus a Made in China boot because I think that's the right thing to do. And you do that more and more and more until you, you start to realize, you know what, it's better quality, it's better everything, it's better for America. Your dollar is circulating in the United States, not in China. So I think those are just, you know, it's just one example that I'm making, but there's tons of them. And there was once a time when I was a kid, that was the thing. You looked on the tag to see made in the USA. If it didn't say made in the USA, you put it back on the rack. I'm not that much older than so many people, but there is a whole generation of people that grew up with touch screens. And if you grew up with a touch screen, that's about 40% of our voting population. They've never lived in a time where you look for made in America. What happens here is that this is, they're playing with politics, right? AOC, all out crazy, right? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, my least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens. She was on this week with George Stephanopoulos, who I just beat in the podcast rankings, by the way. And she was saying that, look, the only reason we're doing it is because if we know if we can impeach and convict, if they can impeach and convict the president, he can't run again. Now, I got to be honest with you. I don't think Donald Trump is going to run for president in 2024. I really don't. I think Donald Trump is going to continue the massive uh, movement that he has has built. And he hasn't built it alone, but he took something that was starting in 2010, as far back as I can remember, the Tea Party movement, jumped on board and said, you know what? We're going to make America great again. And many people have different names. They call it MAGA. They call it the Liberty Movement. They call it so many things. But it truly is a movement, in my opinion, towards constitutionalism. And like you said, there's a couple of bad apples in every bunch. There's always radicals. There's fringe radicals everywhere that want to stow away on whatever boat you're on. So, you know, whether it's neo-Nazis or crazy Antifa people, you get them on both sides. The point is you police them, you try to get them out, you condemn the violence because we're not going to sit here and condone violence, right? Defending yourself is very different from attacking the Capitol and going, you know, at an armed Capitol police officer. So I'm not going to get into that whole story. I did it already. You can check it out on the podcast at WBCRadio.com. But I am going to say that we do have to move forward, and I do think the future is going to be bright. But I want to get to one more call before we hit the break. Let's go to Jimmy in Princeton. Jimmy, what's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. Yeah, yeah I just want to double down on what the other guy said, that they are not coming for Trump. They are coming for you and me. That's right. Uh, it's very true. Um, uh, I think Democratic Party has been uh, like terrorists for the last four years. And... Uh, you know, they terrorized uh, Donald Trump for four years. Two Democratic uh, senators, and they were saying this is a time for healing. This is not a time for impeachment. It's, even they admit that they have done enough. And uh, they say we did enough for the four years. The uh, rhetoric, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's enough. You cannot, you, you don't, you cannot push anymore. I, I think Pelosi is crazy. It's not here, just hearing her. I think it's from the top, whoever on the top is, is, is crazy. Maybe the demon. I, I don't know. You know, they, they got to stop this. I mean, um, you cannot, they did it for four years. And why not Antifa be a, be a terrorist group? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, why, why do they label, label Trump supporter to be uh, a terrorist group? They are not just a few of them. And they even have to have a, hearing and due process to sort out all this before they can draw a conclusion. And um, they, they cannot just, uh, you know, this is America. This is not a third world country where you can just push you through, convict somebody. I mean, you know, 
um, I think, uh, you know, I followed Donald Trump for 30 years. I, I know how a hard worker. Mm-hmm. He's a truly a hard worker. And, uh, you know, he's a truly American, as American as apple pie. And, uh, we, we, you know, and uh, it should be, he should be uphold. Uh, we should uphold him high. Okay? Jimmy in Princeton, you just did this show way better than I ever could. That is probably one of the best calls I've ever heard. Thank you so much for everything you said. I agree with you. Crazy Nancy, or as I like to call her, Nancy La Bruja Pelosi, Nancy the Witch. She is out of control. She's evil. She's diabolical. You could see it in just the way she speaks. She doesn't even talk like a politician. She talks like an evil dictator. We're going to stop him. We're going to do this. I don't care about statues. <laughs> She's nuts. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Quick question. Why on earth do we look to LeBron James and give him six, seven, eight minutes of airtime for political analysis? Couldn't help but to wonder um, if those were uh, my kind uh, storming the Capitol, what would have been the outcome? And I think we all know. Um, it's not even, it's no ifs, ands, or buts. We already know what would have happened to my kind if anyone would have even got close um, to the Capitol, let alone storm in, inside the offices, inside the hallways. Okay. Thank you, Mr. James. That's LeBron James, senior political analyst from the NBA, LeBron James. They also call him the king of political analysis. Now, he's talking about this racial feature uh, of the conversation, right? The racial aspect of the conversation, if they were my kind. So if you were a multimillionaire basketball player going into the Capitol, things would be different. I, I agree. I tend to agree with Mr. James that if I was a multi-millionaire basketball player. I would uh, be treated differently at the Capitol. But he's not the only one that lives his life through the lens of racism, putting on his racial glasses and saying, let's go out and play today. Of course, Nancy Labruja Pelosi, that's right, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, she also believes that this is the case. So I want you to hear what she has to say. Check this out. I thought it was going to be an epiphany for those who were in opposition to our democracy to see the light. Instead, it has been an epiphany for the world to see that there are people in our country led by this president for the moment who have chosen their whiteness over democracy. That's what this is about. Little did we imagine what would happen later in the week. The assault made on our democracy. Those who strove to deter our honoring our responsibility, they failed. Yeah, I think she's failed. Enough with you, Nancy Pelosi. She just said that those who chose their whiteness over democracy. Have you ever heard of such a racist thing? Just imagine, just imagine if the shoe were on the other foot and they were to say, Rich Valdez chose his Hispanidad, his Latino-ness. Over democracy. Or Barack Obama chose his blackness over democracy. A, it sounds ridiculous. And B, it's ridiculously racist. Or at least racialist in its, uh, in its simplest form. I look at this and I think all of you are looking at this saying, the heck is going on here? So I'd love your opinion on that or any of the other topics that we discussed. But is Nancy Pelosi appropriate? Nancy La Bruja Pelosi, the witch, is she right in calling for this? uh, People chose their whiteness over democracy. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. 
Let's go to Rocky. I guess that's short for Raquel. <laughs> yes, it's close enough. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me on. My pleasure. My question was, first of all, you know, I'm definitely pro-Trump. And I was absolutely disgusted with the way that the people have been manipulated by the Democratic Party mm-hmm. and MSN and so forth. And uh, But my question was, is there any way of 74 million people uh, fighting back? And I was thinking of possibly a class action suit by 74 million people. The only thing is, I don't know that you'd ever get an attorney that didn't say, oh, wait, I can't represent anybody doing that because then I'll be disbarred. Yeah, you know, it's it's a great point. But I think the best way for 74 million people, and honestly, I think it's probably a bigger number, and looking at the Rasmussen uh, poll that just came out saying that post the um, counting of the electoral votes, Trump has gained popularity. And you know why? Because people look at him and they go, Malo Casea, as bad as we thought he may have been, he didn't call for any violence. And I think people that are thinking know that. They realize that. Because if you really... Trump does have that power. I mean, let's just put it out there. If Trump were to say, folks, folks, they stole the election, folks, folks, I need you. I need you now. I need you to come bail me out. I need your help. It's an an insurrection, folks. If he were to do that, people would be there with bells on. But he didn't because he's the commander in chief. He has the ability to, to impose a draft. He didn't do any of those things. He simply said, let's go and march peacefully and patriotically. That's a quote that came out of his mouth. So to, to your point. Rocky, I think the the way that we speak up is by doing something, doing more than we were doing. You know, Einstein's whole theory of uh, do the same thing over and over and over. It's insanity and expecting a different result. Uh, As a salesperson many, many years ago, I learned if you want a result you've never had, you have to take action you've never taken. Now, I'm not saying go storm the Bastille and break it to the Capitol. No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying. It may require waking up earlier. It may require earning less money. It may require a career change. It did for me. Right? I worked in higher education administration. I worked in government. And I reach more people doing this, getting on this microphone and my social media platforms and all that, than I would have in that capacity. And this is where I am. It doesn't mean everybody has to become a radio host or everybody has to run for office. But it, I wouldn't rule any of those things out. I wouldn't rule out starting your own Facebook Live, Instagram Live, doing those things, building. You start with one person today. By next year, you've got 20 people. The year after, 1,000 people. The year after, 5,000 people. And and that's how you build. And, you you know, there's an old African proverb that says, each one, teach one. And somebody added to it and said, each one, reach one, then teach one. And that's how it works. And we go out there and we explain to people, if you – Scroll through your phone and you find Newsy and Vox and all of these other left-wing sites that are telling you one side of the story. I have two teenage kids. So when I, I see them scrolling, I see what they see as news. Thank God I'm there and I can interpret for them and go, yeah, well, this is, this is literally from the pages of Joseph Stalin. And, you know, they don't tell you that, but that's what it is. And that's in TikTok and it's in um, Instagram stories and all of that stuff, Snapchat. There's a lot of stories in there and news that is just wrong. So we have to fight the way they fight is the answer to your question, at least from my perspective. So what happens there is two things. One, we have uh, we have to do more. We have to get involved. They have decided to infiltrate America from the inside out. We have to take back America from the inside out. 
They've taken over academia. You find me a classroom where there's a conservative Republican as a teacher. You're not going to find that classroom. Because, you know, we need more Latinos, more people of color representing a movement that matters for America, a movement for liberty. This isn't about whiteness, like Nancy Pelosi said. It's not about any of those things. It's about doing the right thing, doing the right thing for America, standing for something so that you don't fall for anything. Because the only thing that we need for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So do something. And no, I don't mean storm the Capitol, but I do mean get involved. Read something, know something, get involved, call talk radio, do what you got to do. Listen to talk radio. There's no parlor right now. They're throwing us off Twitter. They're throwing us off Facebook. You have to maximize every opportunity you can. And of course, download and listen to the podcast and share it with as many people as you can while we still have a chance to share it on social media. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.